Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, it's over for Fawny Willis. That is for sure. It's over in Georgia, but the criminal trial of Trump begins in New York very soon. Welcome back to our fourth and final hour, an abbreviated hour here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, 855-839-1210, or on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Uh, okay, so, obviously, you spent a lot of time today on the Fawny Willis-Nathan Wade situation. That dude was struggling big time in court today. I almost felt sad for him at times, but I don't feel sad for him, not in the least. It was just that he was just so bad on the stand. You know, it was like watching a train wreck. Uh, it's The case is, is, is over. I mean, it's it's really, really bad. Uh, but these people never learn. You know, they never stop. They never stop going after Trump, and they just simply don't get it, that all they're doing is making him more popular. So, I don't know. I You know, the New York thing, Alvin Bragg, I mean, you know— what do we know about Alvin Bragg? I mean, here's a guy that has been downgrading felony prosecutions. He's just like Krasner. I mean, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's the same situation. You got you have three district attorneys who are more obsessed with getting Trump and getting cops and everything else that I've talked about recently. Krasner yesterday going after a decorated Philadelphia police officer losing in court. Good. Uh, Alvin Bragg. I mean, again, this guy, you know, has downgraded felonies, gone gone after people for uh, for nothing. I mean, really serious stuff. He's let go. And yet he goes after Donald Trump. And then you have Fawny Willis in Georgia, who decided to charge Trump with RICO. RICO. That's what they used to get the mafia, you know, to get big drug drug kingpins and cartels and gangs. Uh, and it's going to be over. But I don't know. Putin may not be happy if Trump wins, uh, at least according to a story from Politico. He said Biden would be better for Russia as president than Trump. He said Biden is a more experienced, predictable person. He is a politician of the old school. But we will work with any leader of the United States who is trusted by the American people, Putin said in an interview on broadcast Russia One TV when asked to choose between the two. Now, obviously, the left is going to say, well, of course he's going to say that because Trump works for him. The thing about it, though, of course, is that when Trump was president, Putin never invaded Ukraine. And as as president of the United States, Putin invaded Ukraine when, I mean, Joe Biden's there. 
So obviously he's happy with Joe Biden. And you think he's worried about all the money that Joe Biden's sending to Ukraine? No. All it's going to do is delay the war. But as we told you yesterday, I mean, Russia is not going to be defeated. So the only way you're going to defeat Russia is if the United States decides to actually use forces against Russia in Ukraine. And Joe Biden's not going to do that. Donald Trump's not going to need to do that. So, yeah, of course, Vladimir Putin wants Joe Biden in there. It makes sense. He wanted Joe Biden in 2020. He knew that if Joe Biden became president, he would roll into Ukraine. And he did. Just like when Biden, when Obama was president, he rolled into Crimea. So, I mean, he's the media can spin this however they want. But the reality is that Putin knows full well that as long as Joe Biden's there, the war is going to continue because Ukraine's going to keep getting money. And I don't know. Putin's doing just fine, financially speaking, just fine. You know, Russia is selling their natural gas to all these countries in Europe that are so apparently afraid of him wiping out Europe that they're still buying his natural gas. Explain that to me. He said, when I met with Biden in Switzerland, it was indeed a few years ago, three years even then, there were talks about him being incompetent. I saw nothing of the sort. Yes, he glanced at his notes. Honestly, I glanced at mine too, Putin said. There's nothing to it. Putin said he is less concerned with his U.S. counterpart's health than with Washington's political position, which he said was extremely harmful and erroneous. Trump and Biden's other Republican opponents have seized on the president's mental abilities to argue he's not fit, blah, 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 blah. White House spokesperson Andrew Bates said Mr. Putin should stay out of America's elections. Well, he didn't because the Hillary Clinton campaign colluded with Russia and the Obama administration colluded with Russia to create a false narrative of Russian collusion against Donald Trump. So, you know, and the U.S. government is looking to unload uh, yachts. And if you got some if you got some money, I'm just saying, you know, you get a nice yacht. U.S. government looks to unload seized $300 million Russian super yacht over $600,000 in monthly upkeep. So you know what the United States did? When Putin w- went into Ukraine, we said, oh, we'll show you. We're going to seize all the yachts of your super rich friends. And we did. So now the U.S. government asked a judge for permission to sell a $300 million Russian super yacht seized in 2022, citing the fact that it's been costing taxpayers $600,000 a month to maintain. The hefty monthly tab includes $360,000 in payments to the 348-foot vessel's crew. Do you realize how stupid that sounds? We didn't even lay off the crew. We seized the yacht, but we didn't lay off the crew. Well, how could we? I mean, that, that, would, be, that would be mean and cruel. So you and I, our taxpayer dollars, have been paying for, for the crew. Okay. Plus $75,000 for fuel and $165,000 in other maintenance. Like waste removal and food. Well, who's who's out there yachting on this thing is what I want to know. We seize the yacht. What do we? I don't understand this. First of all, I don't even know if we have the right to seize this, to be honest with you. But leave that aside for a second. But then what do we? We seize it. What do we, what, 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 what do we give? We give boat rides. Did you know about this? Can I can I can I go on the super yacht? Can I take a boat ride on it? Are they offering this? Is there a package? Come visit D.C. maybe next week when we're broadcasting live from CPAC. Maybe I could take a, a ride on the super yacht. It's called the Amadea. It reportedly belongs to Russian billionaire Suleiman Karamov, an alleged money launderer sanctioned by the United States in 2018 as one of several oligarchs who profited from the Kremlin through corruption and its malign activities around the globe. He's $57. He's worth $9.1 billion. 
And he built making uh, he built the money making hefty bets on Russian companies across a variety of industries after the fall of the Soviet Union. He was the the boat was seized at the request of the U.S. government in Fiji in April of 2022. Though the cost it has incurred since then shouldn't have to be paid by the American public, while the court considers whether to order forfeiture of the vessel. I just I just don't understand how it's costing us that much money in maintenance every month. Because what what are we doing with it? And it's supposed to go into dry dock for repairs in March. I don't understand this. I I, I really I mean I mean I mean this. It could be a good fundraiser for the United States of America. I guess. Come take a ride in a super yacht. You know you can rent it out for a couple months. Maybe like an Airbnb, like like a Airbnb on the seas or something. That's not the only only yacht that we've seized though. The um, there's a ninety million dollar two hundred fifty five foot super yacht called the Tango. That was seized in Spain at the request of the U.S. government. The U.S. had hoped that by seizing the property of wealthy Russian leaders, it would punish them for backing the war and influence their future behavior. Should the Amadea be allowed to go to sale, the court's next hurdle is figuring out who actually owns the luxury yacht. (laughs) Though the United States says Karamov is the owner, the American government has also accused him of violating sanctions by making payments that went to U.S. companies or passed through the U.S. financial system. So then there you go. They say, well, because of that, then we we actually can can take it. There was another yacht we took. It was a 459-foot yacht. It was a $700 million luxury boat. That was impounded by Italy at our request. Beautiful yachts. Now, lawyers for the obscure oligarch said in a statement that they would reimburse the U.S. for the cost of maintaining the Amadea, which already totals about $20 million if it is returned to him. The lawyers called the seizure unlawful. Well, I kind of agree with them. I mean, I don't really know how we have a right to just steal somebody's yacht. But why would we want to if then the taxpayers have to maintain it and pay the crew? What the hell does that do? I don't I, I mean, if, you're, if we're going to seize a yacht, then let us let us have some fun with it. Let me take the kids on there, you know. And of course, the other Russia story of the day today is that Russia's advances on space-based nuclear weapons draws U.S. concerns. It's funny how all this comes out right as we're trying to get the reauthorization of Section 702 of the FISA Act, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Isn't that funny? The story about Russia developing anti-satellite nuclear weapons to place in space was public, made public now. For what reason, you think? Michael Turner, the congressman, the committee chair who wants the uh, FISA Act renewed in its form right now, made the information public. And The New York Times is saying he's a proponent of the Senate foreign aid bill. And Washington Post said the information was collected via authorities granted to the intelligence community under Section 702, of which Representative Turner is also a proponent. What a coincidence. I mean, just imagine what a coincidence And also, too, as we keep hearing about this imminent terror attack right on the heels of them having to renew FISA, an imminent attack, Russian nuclear missiles in space. Don't you see how all this happens? And it's funny how all this happens. And at the same time, you turn around and go, I don't know. The timing of this seems just a tad bit off. No, I'm just saying seems a little bit off. Like maybe they're telling all all these things because they want the government to do something. You know, I don't know. I um I don't trust any of these people in Washington. Not that you do either. Do you? I mean, you don't you don't trust these people, right? No, of course not. You're a smart person. That's why you listen to this show. You can trust me though. Trust me. You can always do that.
Um, and the other thing is that, you know, <laughs> officials sound the alarm about new Russian space threat. I love actually I love this story. It kind of ties in with the other one. Russia has been experimenting with ways to disable satellites, raising concerns that classified intelligence about a new weapon could indicate a strategic threat to national security. This is in the far right wing Washington Post. Now, you know why they do this, right? Because the government turns to them and says, hey, Washington Post, uh, we, we need you to write this story because we want to get FISA renewed. So you got to write this story about Russia and all the bad things that they're doing. And then the Washington Post obliges. And then the Washington Post gets sources and scoops and everything else. And that's how they do it. And this is this is what always happens. And it's a symbiotic relationship between the government and the corporate media. So they write, Russia is developing a space-based military capability that members of Congress and U.S. officials worry could pose a significant threat to the United States and its allies, possibly by damaging critical intelligence or communication satellites with a nuclear weapon, according to officials familiar with the matter. And don't forget, they obtained all this using FISA, right? Of course. This is the big story of the day today, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him today. For your perfect smile that you deserve, and you do deserve a beautiful smile. The precise nature of the system was unclear. One person referred to it as a new Russian space threat capability. Some officials were alarmed after examining classified intelligence on Wednesday and warned of ominous consequences. One member of Congress called it a potential geostrategic game changer. Several lawmakers stressed there was no imminent danger, but they urged the Biden administration to take countermeasures soon. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Now, I guess I got to ask the obvious question, which is, um, how does Russia have the money for all this if, if the war in Ukraine is bleeding Vladimir Putin dry? How does Russia have all the money for this? Does anybody think maybe Putin's getting rich off this war, too? Uh, me, I do, because even Ukraine's still buying his natural gas and his oil. And countries around the world are. So I guess when the mayor of Moscow's wife gave Hunter Biden, what was it, 13 million dollars? You got to wonder, is Biden on Putin's payroll, too? I mean, really, is he on Putin's payroll, too? I just I have to wonder that. To me, it seems like something worth discussing, worth talking about. I would like to know if Vladimir Putin and Joe Biden have a cozy, cozy relationship. Ah, I mean, probably not, right? (laughs) A day of fevered speculation. Well, what the supposed space weapon might be was triggered by an unusual and cryptic public statement Wednesday by a leading member of Congress who urged lawmakers to review classified information about what he called a serious national security threat. That's right. A serious national security threat. 
And I'm very worried, and I know you are too. I'm very, very worried. I just think um, if we don't renew FISA the way it is, everything's going to be okay. If we do renew FISA the way it is, the government's going to keep spying on us without warrants and keep abusing civil liberties. And that much I can tell you with, with certainty, with absolute certainty I can. I have no doubts about that. They don't get in trouble for anything they do wrong. Remember, they don't get in trouble for any of it. If you turn around, if you turn around and you say to me, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go spy on my boss, the president of the United States. Let's go do it. Let's try to bring down his presidency. You would think those people would at least get charged with something. I don't know, treason, something. Hey, you know, I got an email the other day from a listener, uh, Chuck, who uh, was disagreeing with me on my comments about shrinkflation. I think Chuck thought I was saying that shrinkflation was not a real thing. And I said, no, it is a real thing, but it's Biden's fault. It is a real thing. Yes, packages have gotten smaller, but it's not a conspiracy theory. Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren want you to believe that is a conspiracy theory, that these companies are secretly making their products smaller and not telling you. But that would be illegal. Because see, the FDA requires that they have to have all of their products by weight, not by volume. The weight has to be there. And This is where you get into all these class action lawsuits. They fill the bags up with nitrogen, which is weightless, but that's why they look puffy, you know, on the store shelves. But no, shrinkflation is absolutely real. The thing is, it's just Joe Biden's fault. He's trying to deflect and blame the companies for doing this. But as um, Veronique D. uh, Rouget points out at Reason.com, shrinkflation is real. It happens when companies reduce the size or quantity of their products while maintaining the same sticker price, effectively raising the real price. In this case, Biden points a finger at the snack food and sports drink industries as the two main culprits. Have you noticed that your Gatorade bottle has gotten a little smaller? Does your bag of chips seem to be filled with air, more air than ever? It's probably not your imagination. Still, Biden's complaint would be funny if it wasn't so sad. See, shrinkflation is absolutely very, very real. But the wave of shrinkflation came in response to the rise in inflation the country experienced starting in 2021. In fact, she writes, I am baffled that the president would make such a big deal out of this now. The administration has been trying to fool voters into conflating the fact that inflation has tempered with the idea that prices are basically back to normal. That's not the case, of course. Inflation has declined, but the price of food is up by 20% on average since February 2021. Chicken and bread are up 25%. And rents are still mightily elevated. These higher prices explain why voters continue to express plenty of frustration about the economy despite low unemployment, positive economic growth, and rising wages. Uh, Shrinkflation is real. It is absolutely a, a product of inflation. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's nothing that they're hiding. And it's uh, something that we can blame Joe Biden for. And I'm sorry, it's not just the Fed raising interest rates, Johnny. It is also the fact that when Joe Biden got in there, he immediately spent $2.2 trillion on nonsense. And he also, when he got in there, decided to go after the oil and natural gas industry, which, of course, has caused the price of goods to go up as well as energy prices have gone up. So all these things together prove to you that inflation is very real and inflation is Joe Biden's fault. Shrinkflation is just the way the companies are trying to uh, keep their prices kind of the same. But it's not a conspiracy theory. They're not they're not trying to fool you. They're just trying to keep prices level. 
And yeah, you know, you can you can blame them and make them the bad guy, but I think the the anger should really be directed at I don't know the guy who's in charge of the country, who's been running this country into the freaking ground, who's been driving the economy into the ground with his reckless spending. Even the Inflation Reduction Act, which we know was just nothing more than a gigantic climate change scam, all of these things have had a big effect on inflation, a huge impact. I, I think Washington spending you cannot rule out the effect it has on inflation. Yes, the Fed acted too late. Uh, the Fed was printing money. Yes, the Fed is at fault. I don't want you to think I'm not blaming the Fed. They have a huge role to play in all this. Of course they do. But it'd be foolish to just blame the Fed and to not also include the reckless spending of this administration. So I'm just uh, I'm just pointing that out. Yeah, thank you to, um, before the show today, Newman Price had made a <laughs> little graphic, early dismissal of the show, Three to blank p.m. As we are about to turn it over to uh, basketball, but it's all right. I, you know, like I said, I'm on I'm on dad duty tonight, so I got to help out my father-in-law with the kids, and um, I made meatballs today. I'm spaghetti and meatballs. Would you like to hear my meatball recipe? No, you don't want to hear that. That was an old thing. Remember that? Was it Michael Savage? Yeah, Savage gave out his meatball recipe, and Levin killed him on the air for that, for boring everybody with his meatball recipe. That was when he took over in New York years ago and pushed Michael Savage out and um, surpassed him. Of course, the great one, Mark Levin, would normally be heard right after the show today. Uh, but he's not going to be heard either because we have Temple basketball. So it's all right. Don't worry about it. Come on. You know and I know it's all good. It's fine. Oh, and the other thing, too, is that um, the, the whole issue about um, NATO and Trump, just to kind of bring it back to Russia, Trump had a point about NATO free riding off American defense. J.D. Ticcilli at Reason.com had a piece on this. He said, you know, it's true. The United States pays too much of the tab for all these other countries and their security. It pays way too much of Europe's defense bill, even as the United States of America is going broke. And he says, you know, European politicians are indignant that former and possibly future U.S. President Donald Trump threatened to deny protections to NATO allies that didn't meet their defense spending obligations. Worse, he said he'd encourage Russia to do its worse, worst if they didn't pay up, making the pact sound more like a protection racket than an alliance. But while Trump managed typically to frame the matter in the nastiest way possible, he's right that many European countries free ride on American military might. I don't think he was trying to do it in a nasty way. He just uses hyperbole. He always has. And people have to get that by now. I mean, come on already. And I do equate it to a neighborhood protection racket. I told you that the other day. In my opinion, it is. NATO is. It is is when the mafia used to control the neighborhoods and they would say, hey, you know, nice place you got here. Be a shame if something happened to it. But for a small fee, you could join the neighborhood association organization and we can make sure nobody steals nothing. We can make sure that uh, the place doesn't go on fire uh, and whatnot. Uh, be a shame. And so you you paid up, and that's how it was. I mean, NATO's kind of like that, I guess, right? And if you didn't pay up, you didn't get the protection. I think NATO's exactly like that. I mean, if you're not paying your 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 way, what is what? Why do we have it then? I guess. And the other point that I've been making over and over this week is, if Nikki Haley's correct, and Putin's never invaded a NATO country, but he's going he's gonna to go through Ukraine and then start attacking NATO, then what's the point of NATO? Which is it? Is it that we need NATO because Putin's never attacked a NATO country, or NATO's useless because 
Putin's going to attack NATO the second he wins in Ukraine. Countries have to spend 2% of their gross domestic product on defense. In 2014, only three allies met that that guideline. The United States accounted for 54% of the allies' combined GDP and 70% of combined defense expenditure. NATO has currently has 31 member countries, and the seven meeting their obligations in the report are the United States, Greece, Lithuania, Poland, the UK, Estonia, Latvia, Germany. Uh, but Germany is not spending enough, and neither is France. So British military, which um, really could use the help, actually, they're not meeting their freight either. So anyway, I'm just saying it would be nice if the other... Uh, countries played nice wouldn't it be nice i think so all right we'll be back for a full friday show tomorrow next week we'll be live at cpac i'm excited for that hopefully we'll get some great interviews for you we'll be there wednesday thursday friday next week at the gaylord hotel right outside of washington dc uh so it'll be fun it should be good and i think we're going to be at the epicenter of conservative influence as this program always is and always will be Have a great rest of your night tonight. Keep the conversation going on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.